2: What's up, roller runners? Welcome back to the NFL Pick Six Show, week number eight, sponsored by Thrive. We'll tell you about a nice, sweet deposit bonus later on the show. Usual suspects, as always Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Dagle, four for four, and Bet Spurts as well. Um, John, do we have any look backs? Anything as far as uh, anything we're saying as far as last week? We're generally a forward looking show. Uh, chalk absolutely annihilated, especially at running back. It was just insane with Walker and with Jacobs and Eckler. And, you know, you had to put up a big boy score last week. But any general thoughts as far as week seven? A lot of injuries. Uh, a lot of them we don't have to deal with, actually, because a lot of the injuries are not on the main slate that, uh, you know, you guys will be going through as far as your season-long stuff with Mike Williams, Big Mike. Well, actually, they're not even playing this week. Um, no Chiefs, no Chargers, no Mahomes, no Herbert. Um, and Joku's not playing. Well, he's not on the slate. Lazard's not in the slate. The Brees Hall injury obviously was terrible. We'll talk about the Jets soon enough, but yeah. Uh, What do you have to say as far as week number seven before we dive in and break down week eight?
1: Ezekiel Elliott also got there, but really, I would say since I was on the side that thought it was sharp to get off of Josh Jacobs for Devontae Adams leverage, maybe go to Rich instead because that sharp (laughs) pivot did not work out.
2: I think Jacobs was like somewhere around 50% ownership in in the Millionaire Maker. And like general rules are like you're supposed to want to be below that, but uh, not last week. Um, Yeah. What do do you have, Rich, as far as your week seven analysis?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, well, now in week seven, week one through seven, uh, the the chalk (laughs) has been dominant. Uh, Really kind of the meta has been to to play the extreme chalk and just kind of try to get creative with like some one-offs around it, right? Like that's been kind of the meta instead of just fading Mm -hmm. the chalk. Uh, what the Millymaker Maker basically played? The they had like almost 200 percent accumulative ownership, but they just threw McCall Hardman in there. Uh, and that's how you, then you win. Uh, you know, it's nice when to the rushing threes, touchdowns, right? Too. But you yeah, get two rushing touchdowns. <laughs> to be fair, I, I I think that the pop pass should count as rushing touchdowns as well. Any pass behind the line of scrimmage should count as as a run now in modern Ooh. NFL. Boosting these stats, uh, trying to find ways to get Aaron Rodgers more short touchdown passes.
2: Mahomes too. Mahomes yeah. gets those uh, a couple of those a year, it seems like. I feel like Allen maybe gets a pop pass on occasion. Look at you wanting to steal away fantasy points of people. That that that's a hot button issue. I, I feel like that's contrarian take. You, you on board with that, John?
1: I actually agree. But remember, this is the contrarian show. Uh if it goes behind the line of scrimmage, it's a rushing touchdown. And also don't watch red zone. Those are the tips yeah. you get from the pick six. You know you're gonna lose in that one, any sort of poll. people love their red zone and
2: I, I, for the record, to be clear, we've had this argument before. Like, I'm team red zone all day long. Uh, I almost, I almost turned red zone off for Kansas City-Buffalo a couple weeks ago. I almost did it. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to leave red zone. But if I was, I, that's what I would do
1: it for. I, I was going to ask, who even, what is even on red zone nowadays since no team score? Like, if Bills if Bills don't play Sunday <laughs> afternoon, what teams even pop up in the red zone? Josh Jacobs
2: getting carries? It's, you know, it's so sad. And, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, we don't talk slate dynamics a ton on this show. It's kind of sort of a first look. But it's an 11-gamer, right? We're without uh, three teams, you know, the Thursday night, the Sunday night, the Monday night, you know, no Green Bay, no no Buffalo again, like you guys said. That's kind of a bummer. We don't feel Tom Brady in his one touchdown. Um, Denver and Jacksonville, good Lord, we hate England so much. We're sending him Russ, Russ Wilson in the Jags again. Why do we keep doing this to them? it's going to sell out, I'm sure. Uh, No Mahomes, no no Chargers as well. But, Rich, uh, you know, the 4 o'clock game, the the player minutes remaining, the PMR. Look at the 4 o'clock game specifically. We got four, right? Let's get excited about Tennessee, Houston. um, I'm excited about that one. (laughs) Is there faux excitement or real excitement? I'm excited about Giants, Seahawks, too. There's some potential. It's super, super early, but potential weather in that game. It's Seattle. We'll see. Stay tuned. That's the most exciting one, probably. It's weird to see the Rams. You might have this, Rich. You have every single stat in the world. Like, when was the last time the Rams are in a 42.5 total for a game? Like, that low? I feel like that's, like uh, – The last time they played? Was it really? <laughs> Oh, you—they know, they were a big favorite, weren't they? Is that yeah? Is the Panthers? That does not count. <laughs> <laughs> what was their team total. Less I mean, than this 40? this is
0: this is life in 2022 NFL though. Like all these totals, like you low, you we're living in the low 40s every week. Uh, we rarely push 50, but maybe once or twice a week, and it's typically with a team that has an implied total of like 30 themselves. So, yeah, we're living there this year. Remember last year, we were like, you'd have multiple teams a week that were in the 30s, like their own individual implied team totals. But no, not this year, not in the era of the the penalty and cover two and quarterbacks that can't move in the pocket. Uh, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough out there. Yeah, but now
2: that Sam Ellinger is playing, is that, that going to change things? He's starting for the Colts. We were talking about Sam Ellinger pre-show. Four K. Oh, on we'll team. talk
0: about Sam Ellinger, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, that's the other four o'clock game, by the way. Who I'm I'm there for Heineken Yellinger. I don't know about you guys.
1: Um, but what, uh, a, what a classic one v one. Paying up for Jalen Hurts or going all <laughs> the way down. That stoneman <laughs> rushing floor. Listen, we there's only we had to get to Derek Henry somehow. <laughs> that's it. That's true. It's
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's a really interesting conversation as far as quarterback because I, you know, it, it drops off really, really quickly. Um, I mean, if or, you're not
0: playing running backs against the Houston Texans at this point, like you, just, I don't know, I don't know what you do, man. You just got to do it.
1: Josh, yeah. Josh Jacobs in his presser last week said he felt like he went four or five yards at a time, untouched often, and it's true. <laughs> Next Gen stats charted him with a career high in yards before contact. You just you just ran untouched the entire second half. It's yeah. Through, it's
0: through six games, the Texans have allowed the top score or the RB two uh, in four of six games played on the week. So, is this a spoiler for later? You guys, you guys like Derrick Henry?
2: You think he's going to run the
0: football? I mean, pretty well, please. he's ten K on Fanduel, and I think on DraftKings he's eight something. So, A4, I think everyone,
2: everyone's aware.
0: There's no A4. secret here. The yeah, big dog just- doesn't sneak up on anyone. Oh, and he has, he's gone over two hundred yards rushing in three straight games
2: against the Texans. Over 200 yards in three straight games. Yeah. that's just rushing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we may
0: see um, which has nothing to do it. with this Sunday, but how it's fun. Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder what his projected total is. I'm curious what the Blitz has for that. I'm gonna set the over under like as a median score. What's his
0: line? Uh, I don't. I don't have access to the book. What's his line on DraftKings or FanDuel's book? His rushing yards.
2: What's his rushing yard prop? That's a good question. Or maybe even our sponsor, Thrive, probably has it as well. But I'm going to guess it's somewhere around like 124. <laughs> is that too high? I don't know. It's looking...
1: if, well, if Rich wants to – if you all want to open the first game, I'll look up properly. Really
2: <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time here, you probably it's probably not. But this is how we do the show. Uh, it's called The Pick 6 Show. We focus on three main games. We break it down from all sorts of angles. And then we run it back and give our favorite plays that we're not in those three main games. at quarterback, re- running back, receiver, tight end. We're going to have to find some of tight end this week, boys. <laughs> there's, there's no Kelsey and there's no Anders. So I don't know, man. Uh, you know, J- John Travolta and Pulp Fiction.gif. But, yeah, uh, first game on board. And we picked the uh, – well, John picked, and rightfully so, because the fourth highest game as far as total this week is that new, new Giants and Seattle game. at 44-and-a-half. But we got three games with the three highest totals and all in domes and mm. uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about like Miami Detroit is kind of a chalky game. Um, it's it's going to be a wild week. It really is interesting. I'm really curious to see how the are going to go. And obviously news flow will, will just as the week progresses, but we'll do the best we can as far as tackling this slate on a Wednesday night. Very first game here, uh, Rich, I'll have you pull up whatever you have as far as Henry, but uh, the number one game here, John, is Arizona. We got the Cardinals in Minnesota. Forty-eight and a half is the total. Minnesota, that was a three and a half point favorites. Um, you know, dealer's choice. You want to start with the Cardinals? Or you want to start with Minnesota? Where do you want to go?
0: Yeah, I mean, we can take it any direction. We can start with uh, the Vikings since they've got the, you know, what the, the 26 point, you know, team total here. They're at home coming off of a, a buy. Uh, they've been a pretty fruitful offense so far, and they've got that kind of thin target tree, right? So we do all we do like that uh, as well. I think the interesting thing, Guy here, probably the most interesting guy, and not from like a positive stance, I don't think so, is just what to do with is is Dalvin Cook on the slate. Because, again, high game total, a large favorite at home, typically a spot we would look to play, right? Um, but Dalvin Cook's kind of like in no man's land in terms of, you know, fantasy this year. He's kind of like not really getting there as an RB1, but he's just just productive enough. Uh, you see, he's, he's pacing to have his career low in receptions per game right now. Uh, He got there with the long touchdown against the Dolphins, but, you know, not really catching the ball like we might think. And the Vikings really are kind of mixing in Alexander Madison a little bit more than kind of we would like. And then also the Vikings, the pass heaviest team in the red zone. So it's kind of a tricky spot here because typically we would look at this spot and say, yep, we're just going to get that running back in, especially when it's a guy that has a ceiling like Dalvin Cook has but right, you know, so far in the ceiling, he really kind of, you know, hasn't been there and Arizona has been pretty good against running backs. They're fifth in rushing points a lot per game to running backs. So Dalvin cook, I think is one of the more interesting inflection points uh, on the
2: slate in particular in this game. John, feel free to jump in and talk about cook. And if uh, you found anything as far as Henry props, let me give you, give you enough time to scramble for it. I did find his projection in the blitz. And like I said, I want to, I don't know how many tells, but I felt it was a little low almost just knowing what we know. But uh, what did you come up there, John?
1: I have no props. They have not released yet on a Wednesday okay. night. Uh, okay. I, was look- I was looking at Thrive Fantasy, our friends. But what does the Blitz have right now? What would you guess? <sighs> Projections, usually median, even so. Uh, gosh, how safe do I want to be? 92 and a half. All right, Rich, you want to take the over, the under
2: uh over i'll say it's like 108 you guys middled it 106 uh, he was yeah. much closer okay yeah he went over though for doing price, price. is pricing. right rules man <laughs> <laughs> it's implied unless otherwise noted i, I feel like <laughs> john talk about cook and then of course there's jefferson there's delin do, do we want to consider a guy like uh, cousins as well uh today or this week against uh, the cardinals
1: the bye week, I think, helps Cook. That's why I keep coming around to the idea of playing him, pending his ownership. Since we saw in the first two games, uh, five and a half targets per game around on 71% of dropbacks, suffers that shoulder injury week three, and has been limited basically in the passing game since, I would think, due to that injury, uh, just five total targets actually since week three. And so maybe with the bye, a full two weeks of rest, maybe they get him back, to a pass catching back as well, which is where we're going to catch the ceiling. Like Rich Rich mentioned, the Cardinals are pretty good against the run. Also, it's worth noting for Kirk Cousins, just a a tough spot. Like, yes, we can still play Justin Jefferson, but... Honestly, like the Cardinals defense, after they got scorched by Mahomes, they got a little healthier in week two and since then have been a serviceable defense, understanding when to blitz and when to keep it back. Uh, No quarterback until Andy Dalton last week had gone over 260 yards against him. They totaled the five quarterbacks before just three total passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Dalton, of course, got there in the end with 370 and – or three sixty and four touchdowns, but also because he threw two those two pick sixes, and they were down by three scores early on. So uh, we can also maybe say the Cardinals' passing defense is stronger than we believe, even limiting Geno Smith and Jalen Hurts before then to no passing touchdowns. So uh, I'm between Cook and Jefferson, and maybe there's a reason to just not play them honestly in this slate.
2: We're thinking at the Arizona side, John. Uh, we saw. Uh, Hopkins come back. He played basically every single snap. If I'm not mistaken, somewhere 90 percentile, uh, a whopping 14 targets. They desperately needed them. Obviously in the absence of Brown uh, Kyler, by the way, raw points wise is the second highest projected quarterback this week and a week that has thin quarterbacks. He's in a dome as well. Probably playing a little comeback here. He's got some legs too. I think it's an interesting pairing. Uh, do you want to start with Hopkins? I, I assume you were impressed this first game back.
1: Yeah. And Kyler Murray still, not running as much as we like, but still his third highest total with seven carries on the year. Uh, Didn't need to get there. That that was a game script. They weren't really uh, needing him in the second half. But overall, like, Rondell Moore, it started out great after that first catch, thinking, okay, like, Rondell Moore will still be involved underneath in this offense. But then what we saw was DeAndre Hopkins hammered, as you mentioned, a 48% target share and moved to the slot for his highest slot snap since last year, Uh, 54% of his routes coming from the slot in a concerted approach, I wonder how much after 10 days Robbie Anderson is caught up because maybe since Ooh. Rondo Moore only played nine snaps from the slot last week, I do wonder if maybe that puts Anderson and Hopkins on the field and then puts Moore back on back into the slot where he has a higher floor. Also, even though they used him creatively, like naturally we can say, well, Hopkins won't carry a 48% target share every single game. After seeing his fewest targets per game since 2013, his rookie year with the Texans last season. And so Hopkins is, yes, an amazing play, but I also think it might be worth taking a chance in larger field tournaments on a Rondell Moore.
2: Oh, man. Rich, if uh, Robbie Anderson's anywhere close to a full go, oh, man, 18% of snaps this first game, like a little bit of time to get acclimated to the offense here. What, what, what is there? There's plenty of room here as far as snaps. Where, where would you guess? his snap count is or is just. there's a lot of volatility to it obviously i'm just asking mostly because he's 4k on dk
0: no i think i would expect him to almost be kind of a full-time player in that offense once he's up you know i mean remember they played on thursday and i think they traded for him on monday so like there was yeah. really no shot for him to play and we saw the same thing with mccaffrey right you know and mccaffrey's a running back where you can just you know there, there has to be some plays in the playbook he could run right and he, he hardly played and on Sunday and he, he was there for a day it's just hard for these guys to kind of get into the system and get going so I would expect Robbie Anderson to be on the field I'd expect it to be Hopkins Anderson and Rondell Moore as the primary three sometimes they'll go 10 personnel uh and then we might get a guy like Dorch on the field or if they retain AJ Green we'll see but basically they are done with AJ Green like the they, they they they've seen enough of this guy <laughs> uh so uh you know and it's a bummer because you know obviously aj green's had a phenomenal career and we don't want to see anyone kind of go out the way he's looked this season because he last year he was kind of okay he was you know it wasn't embarrassing uh, so yeah okay, i do right? uh, yeah uh it's hard at receiver man especially when you think about this uh, era he'll be close to I'll have to dig in because there are a lot of receivers from this era man that uh are gonna have to probably fight to get in uh for sure but Yeah, I think Rondo goes back to playing in the slot. I think that was more of a a game-sensitive thing. What you would like to see, though, is Cliff just finally see that, like, oh, hey, moving my primary, you know, receiver around Mm -hmm. is actually good for him because, you know, we didn't see this the last two years with DeAndre Hopkins. We didn't see it with Marquise Brown at all the first six weeks of the season. So hopefully they get some religion uh, here. But it is Cliff, so, you know, who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you look at DeAndre Hopkins' 2020 season because, his numbers were depressed but also he did play hurt largely the entire season so like he's had a bunch of time off he looked fresh uh he's one of those guys that also too like he's never going to really get like a ton of separation he never was at houston even in his, his apex uh you know he's got this just those huge hands man those mitts he catches those back shoulder balls some of the timing was off a little bit last thursday but that's to be expected but i mean there's still like a, a range of outcomes where DeAndre Hopkins is like a legit like top eight receiver, like the rest of the season. Uh so yeah. just something to kind of like monitor and see what they do. But we'd want to see him keep moving around the formation because that's kind of what really opened things up last week. Minnesota uh, Minnesota's pretty interesting because they should be due some regression and obviously Kyler should be due regression as well. I mean, he's got a two and a half percent touchdown rate. His career rate is 4.1%. So he's, you know, almost 2% lower. You expect some regression to come along the way. Minnesota's getting beat up through the pass. I mean, they're allowing 8.4 yards for pass attempt. That's 29th uh, in the NFL. They're allowing uh, a 69% completion rate. That's 29th. 12.2 yards per completion that's 29th. But the one saving grace is they've only allowed a 2.9% touchdown rate, which is seventh in the league. When you add up their other peripheral stats, it should be higher. Like teams should be should teams should be throwing more touchdowns against them. So maybe we can double dip on regression both ways with Kyler and the Vikings defense. Uh, definitely in the range of outcomes here as well.
2: Is anybody excited about Zach Ertz? Like I don't think that's. I mean, I guess he's playable. He's in the pool. Tight ends kind of stink this week. And I do like Thielen in this game.
0: Okay, talk about Adam Thielen. Well, so one of the things Vance Joseph has done this season is just like they've emptied the chamber, man. Like they. They, they, they blitz at the third highest rate. Like, they know they've had a ton of injuries in the back end. So, like, they just send the dogs, man. Like, they do a lot of zone blitzing. Well, Adam Thielen has really crazy spit, splits against the, uh, the blitz and when teams don't blitz. He has 24% of the team targets against the blitz, 46% of the Vikings air yards, as opposed to 18.5% of the team targets and 24% of the team air yards. And against the blitz... Thielen has been targeted on 22.6% of his routes versus 16% when teams don't blitz. So uh, obviously you're not going to play it in cash or anything, but like if you're going to game stack this game, uh, does anyone
2: like to click the button on Adam Thielen? Not really. Not in a couple of years, right?
1: <laughs> everyone will Everyone will probably go to Irv Smith much, oh, much quicker. Oh God, yeah, that's right. Much, much quicker than Adam Thielen. Um, you know, even just the last couple of, well, everyone saw in a primetime game, first of all, that, Saints tight ends, including Taysom Hill, had three receiving touchdowns. So there's that. But also, like, even in playing a a tough slate of tight ends, Kelsey in week one went over 120 in a touchdown. Darren Waller, when he's healthy, had 50 in a touchdown. Tyler Higby got 60 a couple weeks ago. Noah Fant had six catches against them. So there's a reason to play Irv Smith. But honestly, for that reason, it's probably why we should pivot if we have a chance to Thielen instead.
2: Do you want to say what's up to those that are watching us live on the YouTube? Not a lot of us watch us live; most of us catch us on the replay. Kindly of hit that like button, subscribe, turn on those notifications. I do see Richie Smalls in chat asking about what are we doing about the Cardinals' running backs here, John. Uh, according to the uh, the Twitter machine, James Connor was seen participating at practice on Wednesday. He's got ribs. Um, if if Connor plays, are we interested?
1: Uh, how excited are we are about James Connor? Um, uh, but you're not excited. If, if Connor plays, we don't know his actual, like if he's at full speed and we don't know if they trust Eno Benjamin enough to keep him involved, which I think they would, at least in Connor's first game back. And then we have to question the ceiling from these guys anyhow. So, uh, I genuinely just don't think it's a situation we would worry about if he comes back.
2: That's kind of where I'm at right now on a Wednesday night. I don't think it's terribly sexy um you got anything are rich, rich as far as the backfield for arizona or it's more i mean if we're playing arizona it's more likely to be through the air
0: uh yeah for the most part it's because, because it's so muddy because connor wasn't good on his own you know i, I mean he had one t- top 24 scoring week on the season and it was the game he scored a touchdown so i would anticipate that if connor's back and it is eno and i think daryl williams also practiced Um, you know, it gets a little muddy, but I would assume that the high value touches would still go to Connor. But Mm -hmm. Eno's been their best running back like so far, so it's kind of like one of those damned if you do things. Like Eno's probably the better play, and he'll probably run hotter. But if they get inside the five, like are they gonna? They they pulled him for Keontae Ingram last week, you know, multiple times. So yeah, it's really tough to say. Like
1: I'm, I'm excited to play any of those guys. And one of Ingram's carries inside the five, like was not. Positive game script. It was actually when it was still competitive, they pulled Eno off the field.
2: i think else those game boys or moved on? I think we're moving on, right? Justin Jefferson's good at football. Did we say, uh, did we even mention him? Like, obviously, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's great. If you can get him in your lineups, by all means, have at it. He's Zach, awesome.
1: Zach, Zach Ertz also now, it goes back to last year, but in five games with DeAndre Hopkins, is averaging four fewer targets per game and uh, a 14% target share compared to 21%. So, I, I don't I don't think I'm on Ertz in this game personally.
2: I mean tight end stinks this week and uh, yeah I'm not sure. excited about Ertz. It's just yeah. The highest projected uh tight end this week, I'm just pulling it up right now. Uh just raw points. What do you got, Rich? Who's your t- highest projected raw points? Yes. DK scoring. I
0: mean, it's gotta be killer got it, right?
2: Yeah, it's got her by like a, a point and change. Um, it, it's Goddard at 13-ish, and then Higby and Pitts. <laughs> that, whole, that whole one half of Goddard is going to be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other part of the conversation. Like, how long does, does, does Philly actually step on the gas, right, against Pittsburgh? And we saw at the beginning of the year where they're just blowing people out. And he's going to chill in the second half. All right. Game two is Vegas at the Saints. The Saints are getting a point point a half at home in the, uh, the Superdome. still called the Superdome? I think it is. Is it sponsored by mm-hmm. somebody? Not sure.
0: It'll um, always be the Superdome dust, even if it's not. It's got to be a sponsor, right? Yeah. I think it's the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, maybe. Does uh, that sound right? Does it that is. Sound
1: right? Minus yeah. that it is the Superdome, minus that one time Hulk Hogan hosted WrestleMania <laughs> and called it the Silverdome whenever he came out.
0: Nice. Well, and the we, Silverdome was Detroit.
1: Right. Uh, he heard very about very well it, too. He got booed.
2: Is. Isn't that where he slammed Andre in Detroit? Or am I wrong? Am I getting that incorrect? There was question. a WrestleMania in I'm though, pretty sure. Many, many years. I ago. should know that. I don't know that. Let's... I think that's where he slammed Andre, but I, I could be wrong. Um, we got to get the. We got to hit all the sports here, not not just football. This is just how it goes down. Uh, Andy Dalton was announced the quarterback because of performance. Apparently, Winston uh, is healthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I <laughs> I gave like the like the, the Big Lebowski sort of gift. Like what? I was reading that, and I just I could not. <laughs> I watched a lot of basketball at night, you know, so I didn't, I didn't really see how Andy Dalton. I knew he threw like six touchdowns, um, with the two, you know, pick sixes is did he look good is that your best chance to win no. andy dalton rich or what am i missing here no uh maybe i
0: mean because J- he did the Jameis. it was the Jameis, right he, <laughs> he, he threw multiple pick sixes created yes. your own game script to go hair on fire and then end up throwing for 300 yards he threw for 170 yards in the fourth quarter of that game uh because nothing mattered the, the cardinals didn't care uh throw all the throw yeah. all the six yard passes that juan johnson you want go down the field uh, they didn't care, but what is interesting, and this this is a great like thing to talk about. You with Danny Dong because apparently Jameis is healthy enough to play. Like, if he does that again, does he get pulled? Because this is totally a spot we would be interested in playing any of the Saints' mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Uh, listen, the Raiders have allowed a top eight fantasy score in all six games they played, every single game, and that includes guys like Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, and Davis Mills last week. Like, they are just giving away quarterback points at the rate the houston texans are giving away running back points but like what what if what if you play dalton and he throws two picks again and they're just like cool (laughs) shit man we're going to Jameis now like i mean it's like that has to exist in the range of outcomes right like does he not make it through because i remember (laughs) i remember this like happening with Jameis. like one of my when i was at roto world i used to do a morning show at josh norris and like roto world pulled the clip and sent it out it's like oh Jameis is like a lock to have like 25 points today and Jameis threw like three interceptions in the first quarter and got pulled. And I just got dragged like by like the, the, the nation. Like they just had their way with me. Uh, Cause this is a
2: great spot for Andy Dalton, but damn, if he throws a couple picks, like does he make it? The best uh, correlation play back the, back of the day with Jameis was like playing stacking Jameis and playing the defense against him. This <laughs> is it <was just> beautiful. <laughs>
1: it's gonna it's gonna be like a couple weeks ago when Skylar Thompson was starting, but there was a Peter Overzet found a team in the top ten yes! spy that stacked Teddy Bridgewater yes. instead. It's gonna be like that. Someone's gonna play Jameis and the Millie and take it down. Is this is this a
2: loser leaves town game? Uh, the, the Saints are two and five. The Raiders are two and four. I mean, like you know, not a must win. You know, it's, we're still week eight, but it feels like if the Raiders were in the NFC,
0: they'd have probably one loss.
2: Yeah, um, this they're is good. The... the Raiders are legitimately like a, a
0: decent team. Like yeah. they've lost a bunch of close games. They're they're first in the NFL in scoring rate per drive. Like the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders are. Um, they would be the
2: best team in the NFC South. I mean, yeah, they're just
0: in the wrong conference, man.
2: Yeah, this year at uh, least,
0: at least in context of this year,
2: and I'm wrong. The Saints are only one game behind Tampa, so like they're they're alive. They can move the, <laughs> the Panthers are one game back. Panthers are one game back. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster! Uh, yeah, John, jump in here as far as Dalton. I think I, that's live. but Like I, I don't think they want to get going back and forth and playing a, a different quarterback. But like once they move off of Dalton, the Jameis are kind of married to him, I think. And but I feel like that's. The better upside play I don't know well just some guy in the couch watching the games but John your take as far as a Dalton and spread out to his uh his receiving options
1: the injuries too are what should help us out in this game I have no idea if Dalton gets benched could happen definitely could happen but the fact that the Saints have been so banged up on defense is why they're allowing 33 points per game in Dalton's four starts which means we think we're going to get volume in this one Dalton the past two weeks as well 39 and a half attempts per game so we just want the volume and we already talked about Jawan Johnson but we also know like of course you know with a 23 and a half percent target share the ball really only goes to Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, F Dalton's under center and Jawan Johnson so it's actually a concerted target tree to play here as well which is why I wish we had more confidence in the quarterback.
2: Uh, is Kamara going to score a touchdown this week? Is it going to happen? Never. He's due, <laughs> right? Uh, Taysom Hill has siphoned. I'm sure several of them. Um, I'm sure. I feel like he's gotten close, but yeah, uh, eventually. No, he's it's got to – He's like
0: Varsity Blues, man. He's got to score from twenty out. Like he, <laughs> he's got to get it. Like they're like they're bringing it in Lance Arbor, hitting Taysom Hill, like inside the five. Like it's happening
2: every repeatedly. Yeah, Billy Bob, sets a nice block for him. Great spot
0: for him, though. Uh, And and he'll be sneaky if, like, the Saints do get some of these other guys back because, uh, I mean, they've only – we've got a very small sample where the Saints, like Dago alluded to, like all these guys have been healthy. Uh, There's been just 36 passing plays where Kamara, Alave, Michael Thomas have all been on the field this season. Wow. Uh, but, but Kamara has a 19% target share and he's targeted on 22% of his routes on those, on those snaps. Granted, like I said, very small sample. I mean, he's involved, but he's doing the old Kamara thing. It's just the touchdowns like are just the, the thing, man. It's just holding him back over hundred total yards each of the past three weeks, uh, 18 plus touches in every game. The Raiders, uh, have been really beat up by running backs through the air, uh, and on the ground, like these dual purpose backs have really hurt them. So I mean, he's he's in play again, uh, but, like, you need those tuds in fantasy football, man. I mean, you, you have a hard time beating some of these chalky 30-point PPR running backs when you can't get in the box.
1: And when Taysom Hill's 6,500 on FanDuel, that's probably the pivot. Just This is my
2: weekly check-in. Where is Taysom Hill in your season-long tight end rankings? Where, where do you have him, John?
1: Uh, he is still third in points per game. <laughs> uh my my weekly rankings ah, I I start him over Kyle Pitts every week, like you have to right now. So Jeez. I think that's where we're at. It's bad. It's bad in R- the streets.
2: <laughs> it's so brutal.
1: Um yeah. I'm, yeah, I you run, get run, every run. week,
0: man. I, you know, I go to slot him, and you know, I want to fade him, but you just—it is what it is, man. It's—it's it's terrible. Like, what are you supposed to do? Just play Hayden Hurst every week? Like, what's the difference, right? Like, like
2: two for twenty we're... yards, you got to get that. That's gonna <laughs> break <you> over. <laughs> don't hate the don't hate the player, hate the right. players. Yes, all of them. <laughs> so I, I did not. I did this really quickly because I had to uh, refresh my parameters for for optimal lineups on a Wednesday night and. Kamara on DK and 38% of them Jacobs and 83% on the other side. They still didn't correct this, right? 7.5 K. Not enough. That's just too cheap, right? It's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, he's at 30 PPR
0: points in three straight games. Uh, the last back to do that was Todd Gurley in 2018. Uh, I mean, he, he's thumping, thumping the field these last three weeks. I mean, he's getting catches every game. I mean, he now leads the NFL in share backfield touches. Uh, he's second in the NFL in success rate per run second rate of runs to go for a first down or touchdown. I mean, the guy is sizzling. He's absolutely sizzling. And this Saints run D is not the old Saints run D, like that had that magical streak that I used to just lean on and bring up for like three years of not allowing a 100-yard rusher. They're getting out here getting smoked by Eno Benjamin and Keontae Ingram. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. This, this ain't the old Saints run D either. You got anything to add there, uh, John, as far as, uh, as, far as Jacob? Jacobs, so I assume you like him as it's, well.
1: I'm not – suggesting we do it again but it is a good matchup assuming marshall and Lattler is out again mm-hmm. for Devontae adams because where the saints are getting smoked is the boundary where adams has ran 66% of his routes from this year uh saints allowing the fourth most receiving yards per game and a touchdown rate of five and a half percent to opposing boundary receivers so it really is a very good spot for adams again i can't guarantee you uh i have the courage to do it again but maybe we'll see by sunday morning yeah, I mean, that's what I did. I
2: did that plenty last <laughs> week. And if, you know, I was just playing the like, what if, uh, you know, Adams gets the two or three touchdowns
1: and catches the deep ball? And he was on his way. It's just that Houston didn't punch back, right? Just, they, had, they had bizarro halves. Uh, it, looked, it looked fine in the first half. And then Jacob ended us in the second half.
2: Yeah, there was definitely like the mortal, mortal combat finish. Um, Walker did that too. Eckler did that too. Like all the Shock ch- ch- running backs had that killer instinct, mortal combat. Like it's all over. Any, any hope? Uh, if you avoided the chalk, even like Zeke was crushed. I had plenty of Zeke and like, he still couldn't compete like raw points wise with the guys that were incredibly owned as well. Uh, yeah, and they all had 30 points. Like, yeah. Um, and we'll it's the quarterback
0: about, law. Like, right. We talk about the quarterbacks every week and you're like, Oh man, my cheap guy got me 20. And it's like, yeah, well, my other guy got me 35.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Good luck making up the difference there. Um, as far as well, we don't really know, right? As far as tight end for uh, Waller, we're not, we're not really sure. I think I said did he I practice, say that? Today. That practice? Okay. Uh 5'4 on DK, which is a theoretically a good price, but like he hasn't really done it this year. He's been in and out of the lineup, right? Um is this is a good spot for tight ends, Rich traditionally against the Orleans?
0: No, pretty bad. Uh, they haven't allowed a touchdown to tight end, 5.1 yards per target. That's second in the NFL. Um, not the greatest, not the greatest run out of spots. And this, remember like Waller, you know, there's two games before he got hurt. He had six catches for 46 yards. Uh, and this goes back to last year as well. Uh, You know, when he was in and out of the lineup, uh, the performances weren't really high. now we not only does he now have to contend with Devontae Adams, but like Josh Jacobs is a legitimate thing now. So like that's part of the offense that really wasn't part of things that Waller had to deal with either uh, and you know, me too, like guys coming off these long injuries, like I'm pretty skeptical of anyways, so I'll never, I won't push back on anyone adding any type of tight end that has upside in this, in this slate to their lineup. But, uh, he's not a guy I'm like really looking at right now with any type of excitement.
2: I want to push back on Renfro. I, I think he's just kind of gutting it with, with the hip. It's either that or like, he's been superseded by Mac Collins. Mac Collins is on the field for every single snap. Adam's on the field for every single snap. And I guess... I thought Renfro was a slot guy. I'm not a hand in a dirt guy, Rich, but uh is Hollins playing in, in the slot because that's they're only playing three receivers. And Renfro, is that because of his injury, or he's just behind Hollins down the depth chart, and that's that.
0: Yeah, no, he's just pure slot guy, and they love Mac Collins in the run game. And what are they doing well right now? They're running a yeah. rock. Uh yeah, they love Big Mac is a he's a, he's a coach's guy, man. He plays special teams, he's a run blocker. Uh, the coaches love those guys like Mac Collins
2: five he's on the field for every single snap i don't hate it um, well he, we
0: already blew our one time with matt collins team
2: <laughs> we hit the quota well yeah he's he's <laughs> like all of Fame, right i, I feel he like he was the, the, the 40 percent all-
1: 3200 matt collins is blowing your one time yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you you don't pick your one time which by the way can i derail with the show we've had this conversation in other shows and we have time sure why not uh do you have
1: they are only there are only four good games this week it's fine talk all yeah you
2: John, okay, you know when people say one time, I, I give me this one time, usually like you're well positioned if it hits, you get yourself a $100,000 win or something like that. Do you only have one time, like a one one time your entire DFS life? That's it. And if it hits, it's over. Or is, does it recycle every new season, every calendar year, one
1: for every sport? What are the one time rules? That's a terrific question. Well, isn't it once <laughs> per, I would say once per lifetime, but I've already cheating on that or because once per season is too liberal like we can't be doing that we need to we need to bring it back a little bit um once per sport maybe actually is better
2: rich you got a thought like you you were you're very passionate about like your short little pitch passes did you have any passion behind the one-time thought uh no not really i don't really give it i haven't really
0: given it a a (laughs) lot of thought myself um yeah i don't know I'm stumped on that one. I got nothing.
2: I was uh, trying I'm, to see if the chat had a thought in this, but the chat just, i uh, uh, unbeknownst to nothing, Herb Smith on a rocket ship is the last thing I see in the chat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody yeah, wants Jason.
2: Hill or Harrison Bryant, which I Are guess- Are we using our one time on Herb Smith this week? I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, if I'm allowed that one a week, one, one time, then maybe.
1: Uh, I, I just searched my own Twitter name and one time. And, and the last <laughs> Two years, I've used it three times. Once was last year when we were 28th place in the main event. Um, For the final week, our team went backwards. The second time was when Aaron Rodgers was about to retire, and I scooped up a couple of premier Jordan Love rookie cards Aaron Rodgers has not retired. I don't that know if you heard that.
2: Like, that one time?
1: I still have Jordan Love rookie cards. And then the third time was whatever the Browns could clinch a playoff spot. Uh, and they did run over the Steelers. So, okay, that's that's fine. I support Cleveland. I, I think feel like I used all
0: my one times. I'm just trying to will like naked QB bootlegs into existence. <laughs> <laughs> like just one time run a naked boot. It'll work. Like rather
1: than the- letting you pick the parameters of one time, we need to just make sure you pick better one times.
2: <laughs> is that, is that what you're, you're the guy screaming on the like two yard line, just run a naked boot and you're going to be Oh God.
0: It? Yes. It's the, it's, it's, it's the sex Panther of NFL plays. Like I
2: mean, 60% it, it, of the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go, there's a there's a, a YouTube clip, you guys can look this up because no one's as old as me, um, of Steve Bono running a naked boot for 80 oh, yards, wow. <laughs> uh, and he fools everyone, the cameraman. Like, no one is even in the screen. There's a Peyton Manning naked boot that's real famous. He's Well, he's that's done it twice. Cool. Obviously, there's the Broncos one, and then he did it with the Colts, uh, and he actually would have ran it in, but it was like the ice of the game, so he just slid down it like the two. It was Colts versus Raiders. Um, but, yeah, the, listen, the naked boot is like a foolproof play.
2: Like it's, it's like the old school fourth and one Tom Brady. Designed. Yeah.
1: And uh, if I had to guess, I don't have it on. I'd have to look it up real quick. I'm assuming, you know, off the top of your head, I would guess Daniel Jones probably leads league in naked boot, right? It has to be Jones or Mary. I don't think
0: true media tracks naked boots, but uh, I'll see if I can find it. I can pull up sneaks, <laughs> this, but uh, this
1: show, this show is literally just us finding things out behind the scenes <laughs> during the show.
0: I, I mean, to be, to be fair, the Saints Raiders game is, is pretty fun though.
1: It is. Yes. Uh, yes. Andy Dalton in a week where he's back again. If Jalen hurts fails, um, who wins the slate? That's the question. And the answer is anyone could be Allagher. It could be Tua who we're about to talk about. Could be Jared Goff. If we get everyone back, like it could be anyone. Maybe it couldn't be Jared Goff. It could be anyone else.
0: I love the car Adams call though, because like the saints are just so being banged up. The saints also are dead last the NFL on pressure rate, uh, in pressuring mm-hmm. opposing quarterbacks. Um, you talk about, you know, missing, uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, they're just, they're just getting killed, man. So, I mean, yeah, I like that as a, cause obviously Jacobs is going to be popular again. They didn't pump up his price enough. I have no pushback, but I do like the, you know, the overlooked potential overlooked of, of Adams against, you know, this run. I mean, look at the, the past three weeks, DK Metcalf five for 81, a touchdown, Tyler Lockett, a hundred yards, two touchdowns, Jamar chase one thirty-two and two touchdowns. Hopkins had 10 catches or hundred yards last week. I mean, and in Adams, it's not like we even have to like fudge anything. We can start with Adams the player first, because look at what he's doing. His he's got eight eight catches last week, you know, 120 yards and two touchdowns a week before that, nine for a hundred week before that. Like you're getting an absolute like alpha player in like a really advantageous spot and where he's leveraged. So I mean it's hard to push back on it.
2: So a car Adams Kamara, something like that would be that like your favorite Oh, yeah, game. I like that. And then a lot of them, but what we get
0: from the saints, like we would just have to see, like, does Michael Thomas come back? Does Jarvis Landry put, come back? Because a like, they're moving him around too. I mean, he's catching balls in the slot uh, too. You know, he caught the Taysom uh, ball in the slot, uh, you know, against Byron Murphy, put him on skates uh, last week. I mean, he's averaging 11 targets per game the past five weeks. Uh, yeah. It's so, I mean, he, you know, Olave's definitely in play as well. Uh, we just need to see who's healthy on the Saints side of the ball by the time we get to the weekend.
1: You want to talk about Pulse Check of Taysom Hill, Dean, like Pulse Check of what the hell to do with Michael Thomas because you can't draft him. I mean, you can't drop him. It's like Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Like in, in, in deep 12-team leagues, you literally just have to hold, and like holding is also useless. So you just sit there pissed off about the fact you drafted him. And he he, he had
0: two touchdowns. He scored the first two weeks. He yeah, it was fun.
1: The fourth uh, quarter was fun.
0: Yeah, and we had that for us. I don't know why the Saints didn't put him or Landry on injured reserve. Like, here we are they four weeks. Know. Here like, we are four weeks from everything, and these guys might not play again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's just that they probably didn't know the severity. Is that possible? Or they were optimistic? And uh, But you also have to have some foresight. Like, when you see you have a Thursday
0: games on your schedule, right? Like, when you see these things, yeah. like, you got to have some foresight, man. Like, they, like, yeah, the guy's probably not going to play on a short week. So like that, that's an extra week, like use the roster spot, right? Like I don't, I don't really understand, especially if these guys don't end up playing in this week, it'd feel just like a real botched opportunity from the, from the top down perspective.
2: All right. Let's I move feel on. like the saints
0: have done a, a, a lot of those errors in the last 12 months. <laughs> <Well, laughs> Cause I mean, they do they not said, have a first round pick next year.
2: It's promoted Andy Dalton. because for, for, for performance reasons. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> What happened to their first-round pick? What am I missing? Who, who, the Eagles have it. For what? what they traded up
0: in the to get Alave.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well,
0: maybe, we, no, maybe it wasn't part of the Alave. They traded up twice, right? They traded no, up it, with it the was, Eagles.
1: They tra- I think it was they traded up with that pick for Alave, yes.
0: And, and they traded up pre-draft, too, though. Like, they traded yes. up pre-draft, I think, with the Eagles. And then during the draft, they traded up again
1: <laughs>
0: with the pick they acquired, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because they How had two first it? drafts. Mickey Lewis I'm- just never surrenders, man. This dude's never going to, like, he's always, there's always money in the banana stand at Mickey Lewis. Like, he just- meanwhile,
1: meanwhile, you have uh, uh, Rosie in Philadelphia now, like, just swapping mid-round picks for, like, Robert Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last year, and he just sends a fourth round pick for him for a team that's ready to win the Super Bowl right now with just a, a cupcake walk into at least, like, the NFC championship with two probably top ten picks next year, like, that's an organization being built right now. And to think they took Roseman out of the office for a little bit for Chip Kelly instead. Is that,
2: uh, is that guy a legit difference maker, the D lineman they got, or the, the, the guy uh, Edge Rush? Was he an Edge rusher or D lineman?
1: What is he for, for the
2: Bears now? He's in Philadelphia.
1: Edge, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. That, that's where the Eagles have always prioritized correctly is their trenches. Um, also for the bears, like he was their oldest defender at 32 years old. Like they're just running a bunch of young guys out there and letting them develop. And honestly, like their young guys are playing really well right now in their secondary. So it just, I think it makes sense for both teams actually.
2: Yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe that makes life a little bit easier for if It becomes a Tony Pollard week, uh, taking on the bears as well too. with
1: Zeke. Listen, like it, mm-hmm. if Tony Pollard was playing the bucks, uh, it would still be Tony Pollard week. Everyone, Pollard. everyone is going to play Tony Pollard. It does not matter what we say. It doesn't matter how we analyze it. Tony Pollard is getting played. Do we think Zeke plays on a Wednesday
2: night? Which way are you leaning? Sounds ominous th- right now. Yeah. One of the beats seemed uh, pessimistic. I don't. Remember. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it, it seemed
0: that the, yeah. the vibe all around everything today was that like we're at least going to get a week. And you know, honestly, they should because we lived through this last year, right? Like mm-hmm. Zeke. Zeke openly talked about, you know, playing hurt last year and he was bad. Like, and it hurt the team because they kept giving him the football. Uh, let, let him get right for a couple weeks. You see how well Tony Pollard's playing. Like, get, get Zeke right. I actually don't think Zeke has played bad this year either. I think they're using him the way he should be used. But I think Zeke's done his job relatively well this year.
2: All right. Miami Dolphins at Detroit. Detroit's getting three and a half points at home. Fifty one and a half is the total. That's the biggest number on the board. I want to say Swift was a full participant in practice today on a Wednesday. So that seems pretty optimistic. Amon Ra, of course, didn't finish last game as well. Rich, uh, how's your boy, the Sun God? What are we projecting as far as uh, his chances of playing? Are we, are we leading one way or the other, at uh, least uh, you know, Wednesday? Who knows? We'll see. I mean, this is where we are in the NFL. Uh,
0: Amon Ra leaves the game with a concussion, but didn't have a concussion, but can't practice until he clears concussion protocol.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, quite, a, quite a lot to handle here. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, it's real unfortunate because the start of the year, it looked like Amon Ra was going to pick up right where he left off last year. Uh, it was just jamming. And then he's been just really kind of snake bit the last month. You know, he picked up the ankle injury in the middle of the Vikings game kind of impacted him the rest of that game, misses a week, come back. He comes back, tries to play through it, plays limited snaps. They go on by and then he comes out and, you know, 10 snaps into the game. He's forced out of the game again. So just kind of a real tough run out for a player that, you know, when he's been on the field has been targeted on 33% of his routes. Only Tyree kill has been targeted at a higher rate. Um, But granted, you know, now the sample size is still really small. Uh, He's also one of these low a dot guys, you know, five five and a half yards downfield per target uh he is one of four wide receivers with over 100 routes around that doesn't have a target 20 yards or further downfield this season um michael Pittman, other notable player on that list um but yeah i mean still is that what it is i think what's it's that? You
2: fired off. is it 17 yards for Pittman as long as
0: yeah so as long as target is still 17 yards maybe uh Terrible. old uh, Sam Ellinger is gonna unlock him we'll see uh, when we get there but yeah I mean listen Amon Ross had just a real bad run out the interesting thing when I looked at it this week because I said oh you know the, the Lions they've been really terrible the past two weeks without the last two games without you know DeAndre Swift and Amon Ra. and obviously they had the huge game without both those guys against Seattle but looking at golf splits you know with Brown and St. Brown on the field this season like there's really no difference I mean With both those guys on the field, he only has a 57% completion rate, 6.9 yards per pass attempt, uh, and a 5% touchdown rate. And then with those guys off the field, his completion rate's higher, his yards per attempt are higher, and his touchdown rate goes down to 4.3%. So it's not even like we can really blame those guys not being on the field for how bad the Lions have looked um the past weeks obviously having those guys will help but uh golf just hasn't really played well either in either of these games so we do need some punch back from the lions because that's been the thing the last two games from them is that they're not punching back their defense still isn't doing squat like they're getting roasted but the fact that they can't score any points is just let teams bunker down and do what teams are doing to the Texans and just like we're just going to pound the ball because you can't stop the run either now that we're up so we need the Lions to really punch back, or we're going to get a lottery most in this game.
1: Their drives in the second half against the Cowboys, remember, they go into the half with a 6-3 deficit lead? can't even remember. Whatever the case, the score was 6-3. It's a one-point game. And their drives in the second half finished. Interception, punt, fumble, interception, fumble, fumble. What a disaster. No points. <laughs>
2: What about the home road splits for Detroit? Like uh, how real are those? Like obviously being a, in a dome is helpful. Uh, I mean, they're probably exaggerated, but you look at their, their splits home versus road, uh, six points at Dallas, zero at New England, 24 at Minnesota, but home versus Philly, they put up 35, 36 versus Washington, 45
1: versus Seattle. Is this stuff real, John, to some degree? um i'm actually you caught me off guard i'm actually not sure who they played at home compared to uh the road rich do you have that on off the top of your head yeah i mean they
0: played uh you know the commanders who obviously are not good at home they obviously played the seahawks who are not very good mm-hmm. defensively <laughs> at home and then yeah the, the week one was the eagles where they actually were getting just absolutely flooded and then just like kind of had a like a little flurry in the second half so it's kind good of stuff yeah, it's kind of tough uh, to really put any stock into it. Maybe as it continues to grow. But, I mean, listen, they're getting players that are we know are good football players back. And inherently, it makes sense that that should help them.
2: What about the Miami side, John? Uh, Mostert looks like he's taking control of that backfield. Basically, 70% snaps the last four weeks. Uh, Tyreek's been awesome. <laughs> Tyreek feels like an awesome, awesome play this week versus Detroit. I assume you agree. Tell me otherwise.
1: I wonder how many are just going to drag along Tua double stacks again. And that's what's kind of fun because you can pick your poison against the Lions. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott had two touchdowns. That's all you need to know. But at the same time, like Tua hasn't thrown more than one touchdown in any game this year, except the week he broke the slate against the Ravens. And even last week, 60% of his passes completed in an island game for 260 yards, one score, five dropped interceptions basically. And yet still... I bet because everyone wants to play Waddle and Tyreek. Like, that's where everyone goes. Um, I still lean Tyreek, 31% of the team's targets, 11 targets per game and raw volume. But sure, you can do that. Uh, in an ugly tight end slate we've talked about, you can add in Mike Jasicki, who, you know, the last two weeks has popped. Uh, I don't know it's because Jerm Smythe was injured two weeks ago and then got brought back and only ran six routes in his first game back. I don't know if it's because Cedric Wilson has basically become obsolete as the third receiver, which is 14 total routes the past two games. But what's happened is Jasicki's run a route on 73% of dropbacks the past two weeks and had a back-to-back season highs and target share. So also for the reason you mentioned Raheem Mostert, um, Mostert, 70% of the team's backfield touches in four consecutive games, fresh off a season high and route participation as well. Like you can go any direction you want with the Dolphins offense, honestly. Rich, Miami? Yeah, I mean, you look at
0: just the way from the Lions approaches, it'd be interesting to see what they do here because we we know the Lions, we've talked about it, right? They're aggressive. Uh they wanna they wanna rush the quarterback, they wanna send a lot of blitzes, they wanna play a lot of man coverage. Well, the Dolphins really don't see a lot of man coverage because their guys are faster than everybody. Uh, you know, you look at Miami, they're 23rd in the league in, in percent of dropbacks faced uh, against man coverage this season, just twenty-three percent. Uh, the Lions are blitzing on 35% of their pass plays. They're playing man coverage on 44% of pass plays, and when they blitz, they're playing man coverage on 60% of their blitzes. So, I mean, if they're going to be aggressive against all this speed and this dome, like t- t- you got big run out plays here. Like we said, the teams don't blitz a lot against them, but Tyree kills averaging 4.1 yards per route run against man coverage he's being targeted 37 percent of the on 37 percent of his routes against man coverage uh like man if, if detroit thinks that they want to go with some man coverage against tyree kill and jalen waddle like be my guest it's gonna be some quick drives uh so yeah we'll we'll, we'll love to see if the lions want to c- continue to be aggressive
2: all considered rich you prefer hill or waddle hill on dk85 waddle 6'7.
0: I mean, definitely Tyreek. I mean, he's just yeah. – like, look at the targets and like, Tyreek's games. Uh, it's very similar to what A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have going, right? Uh, you know, the, the other guy, the, the Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddles, are still getting there, and they've had plenty of upside weeks. But when you look at, like, their targets and you follow them week to week, they're a little more volatile. But then when you look at Tyreek Hill's targets every week, they're not really moving. Uh, they're, he's consistently getting the football. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he already has double digit targets. I think in every game, but two so far, uh, they're moving him around. Even when, uh, Skylar Thompson was a quarterback, like they went out of their way to like find ways to get him the football behind the line of scrimmage. Like Mike McDaniel and Tyree kill has legitimately been one of like the better marriages of the off season.
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they overspent some would say, but they got their guy and they're at least they're using him. They're they're getting everything. they. He's had pretty bad touchdown luck compared to his peers. Like he's only got the two Tuds, Like, Eventually he's gonna start getting in the box. Yeah, um, you gotta love him this week. And he, you know, I ran some optimals before the show, um, on the fly, actually. And he's not surprisingly landing in a good bit, six percent. This is Wednesday night, and again, grain of salt because you guys won't believe the quarterbacks that are <laughs> coming up in the optimals. Well, you mm-hmm. might believe it. We mentioned it throughout the show, or at least off air. Uh, the 4k Sam Ellinger looks useful. (laughs) Uh, you know, there's probably a floor there. Uh, we talked about his, about his legs in college, a bunch of touchdowns, but, uh, him and Derek Carr are like the one, two quarterbacks that are showing up Wednesday night, grain of salt, right? Anything else in this game, John, or shall we move on? Maybe just onslaught it. That's it. Yeah. The The only thing here is that you got the only thing
0: with the dolphins and we had that high run out when they played the Ravens because they were chasing points is that the one thing that sucks about Mike McDaniel is they're slow because they run motion on every goddamn play. And they snap, they, like they snap the ball five seconds on the, the play clock because they're sending three guys in motion at different points of every snap. Uh, so if like the lions aren't ahead. Like
2: the, the dolphins are really slow. I just pulled up uh from the blitz. Derek Hardy is the blitz, the game level factors, and 127 plays projected. Uh Arizona, Minnesota, 133 is the big boy number, uh, and the lowest is uh, L.A. and San Fran at 122. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like in the middle of the pack to below. Yeah, um, 127. Not I mean, we 19-year-old. saw
0: it again, like, you know, the Steelers game on Sunday night. Like, when they're ahead – they do like the what the Shanahan system has always done right like they're gonna run the ball on early downs they're gonna do all the things that we kind of loathe and kind of let the other team hang around like the Steelers did and have a shot to win the game um but yeah just one thing to know like when like this game has huge potential but also like there is also potential where like Raheem Moser just drowns these dudes out
2: yeah yeah I, I like uh I guess you know, like like John saying, just you could play Mostert and and Hill and just you know kind of onslaught it if you mm-hmm. want with two as well and just get all the touchdowns. And it looks like who knows, but first look, probably a low scoring week. You know, just not a lot of games gonna we'll be jumping out. We talk about other players in our game. We'll see how excited we get about that. But I do want to mention we kind of touched on it earlier in the show. Sponsor the show, Thrive, uh, get rid of me some Thrive boys. Uh, Join in on the fantasy prop action this NFL season thrive fantasy, easy to play, no salary cap style contest revolves around an over under style player prop. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with the prop, the riskier, the prop, the higher the fantasy score, You rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool talks about a promo code. It's grinders G R I N D E R S sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250 as well as free tickets. Uh, If you deposit, between $100 and $499, you get two free individual $20 contest tickets. You deposit $500, six free $20 contest tickets. Terms and conditions do apply. <clears throat> Check out the Rotor review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more. Uh, just pulled up one of their big boy contests. You know, the one that has like I think it's 100k, 20k up top. Uh, you got to pick ten of these twenty. Rich, I'll go to you first. Be as ambitious as you want to be uh take a side over or under who like why didn't we pull this up derrick henry has
0: rushing plus receiving yards at 102 and a half whoa
2: <laughs> there's How our answer for over but it's not a lot of points is it or is it a big what's it's not even split it's 100 100 oh come on we're taking i mean we're, we're gonna smash the
0: over on that right we gotta have <laughs> yeah i i would think so uh but that that one's pretty interesting um How about this one too with Jonathan Taylor, uh, eighty-three and a half rushing yards. uh, With he's that once this year. Scroll down. Uh, No, no, that one's. Oh, it's. We gotta go over though. That one's. That one's not worth it. I saw that one. Uh, Neither is Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. one. That one's not worth it either. What's your lean? Two hundred
2: forty-one passing yards. Your lean is over or under? Oh, under.
0: But yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, we're we're paying we're paying the man on that. Uh, Tyler Lockett over 74 and a half receiving yards looks pretty good at 115 yeah if, I mean, we, if like you said if the weather's not bad uh, we're gonna talk I think we'll talk about Tyler Lockett
1: oh buddy yes we will
0: yeah uh, DK Metcalf presumably gonna be out we'll talk about that
2: once in enough Tyreek uh, over just one touchdown we just talked about it. he's due baby yeah uh and you got 100 hmm. points for it sure it's, it's got to be a receiving touchdown you can't get like a
1: he can catch a little, like a little uh, fun pass. What, the what pass?
0: That? the the, yeah, the pop pass.
1: Pop pass. I don't like that. We could also tack on for the reasons we mentioned Hopkins. Uh, we get 10 more points for going over six and a half receptions. Oh, yeah. I, I know it's a lot, but let's just say they keep on moving them around. I but like that. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury surprisingly took A.J. Green off the field. Like I actually didn't think he would do that. So credit where it's due. Maybe he keeps Hopkins at an optimal position all over the field.
2: And this is one thing you can do on Thrive. Like earlier today, I did a two-player NBA player prop where you can just basically making exactos with props. Uh, I have not checked to see how they're doing, but, you know, I'm trying to keep uh, online as far as, you know, this is an NFL show. I got some basketball props uh, going right now live. I don't want to tilt live on there. People don't want to hear that. Uh, John, you got anything else here as far as uh, any picks? So I think we kind of covered it, right? We gave out our favorites.
1: We gave out three, four. Yeah, I think we're good.
2: All right. Again, use the promo code Grinders G R I D E R S two hundred fifty dollars deposit bonus, up to a two hundred fifty dollars deposit bonus. You get those free tickets as well. Uh, John, favorite plays at quarterback? We've talked about uh, Jalen Hurts. Who's your favorite besides him? Where do you want to? Do we just play Jalen Hurts? Just what, what do
1: we scroll around for? I. I... I think the Giants-Seahawks game is interesting as we keep on hinting at. Um, we know the Giants and Wink Martindale are still blitzing at the league's highest rate, 45% of dropbacks, and Geno Smith has the league's second highest completion rate, only behind Kenny Pickett, oddly enough, against the Blitz for a seven, just over seven yards per attempt. And so if they're just going to send the house, like that opens up uh, a ceiling for Geno Smith. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned Cardinals defense putting the clamp on since they got healthy. So it makes sense that Geno failed, and that was the first blip on the radar. And then last week, it was basically the Ken Walker show. Maybe it's the Ken Walker show again. But overall, I think it's a sneaky spot for Geno Smith to bounce back here with a ceiling game. And he won't get played, even though that game has sneaky shootout potential, because he's let people down two weeks in a row now.
0: Rich? Yeah, I think that it's a fun quarterback slate, because Jalen Hurts has... You know, especially when you look at it from a Fanduel perspective, because they made Hurts nine too. Like they're finally doing kind of what I was at least asking for him to do. So now it at least makes you think, right? Like man, like like it's a huge gap because we always talk about it when like Mark Andrews like on a slate like last week, right? Like or it's like you know, do we go all the way up to this one guy that can be good, or do we just take our chances with the field? And that's kind of where we are. This week at quarterback. Uh, And especially if you don't believe the Steelers are going to do anything in that game, right? Because we always talk about Jalen Hurts, like not his one touchdown pass in the second half of the games this year. So now you've got a bunch of guys that you can kind of have some fun with. Uh, I think Daniel Jones in that same game is pretty interesting, uh, especially on DraftKings at 5'7. You know, he's running around a lot. Uh, I think Davis Mills is pretty interesting. Um, You know, not (laughs) going to be very fun, but if you're going (laughs) to stack that game, you know, we got Big Dog, Davis Mills, Brandon stacks. Like, what doesn't get you more excited for some Week 8 DFS than I, that? Than
1: that I, w- I wish he had either at least one more good game this year except last week's garbage time or didn't do anything at garbage time last week because that's the only reason I keep on thinking about Davis Mills. Well, and the Titans are
0: terrible against the pass. Like, it I mean, yeah. It's the same thing. They've already allowed four QB1 scoring weeks in six games, 29th in passing points allowed per pass. Remember, we brought up Wentz in this spot a couple weeks ago, and everyone kind of rolled their eyes, and Wentz was like the QB4 on the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to be trailing. You know, they're the big dog is going to be trampling. So, I mean, he's interesting. And then, listen, I mean, we got to talk about Sam Ellinger. We just have yeah. to. Got to mm-hmm. do it, man. He's 4K. Uh he's he's what six on FanDuel? I think he's six five on FanDuel.
2: Different conversation on FanDuel doesn't seem necessary
0: over yeah. there. 4K, because you could get the hundred yard rushing bonus on DraftKings. Like it's possible. This dude ran for nineteen hundred yards in college, which includes sack yardage factored in because for some reason, that's the if Dean, you really want to grind a uh, grind my gears thing. Like, <laughs> di- <laughs> this, this, why the hell does sack yardage count against rushing yardage? Like, who, who is the dumbest that thought of this? Like, why, why is this a thing? And he also, he also ran for 33 rushing touchdowns at Texas. Uh, he's, he's really good at protects. So like, his, his two hallmarks coming out are that, like, he doesn't turn the ball over and he runs. Uh, of all passers to come out of college since 2000, he's 80th percentile in touchdown to interception rate. But as passer, not very good. 41st percentile uh, in yards for pass attempt uh, coming out of all prospects since 2000. 54th percentile in completion rate. Uh, he did play really well in the preseason this year. He was 24 of 29, 10 yards for pass attempt, four touchdowns, no picks. They do like him. Um, but I think the more interesting thing about Sam Ellinger is that just like what he represents in the context of this season, right? So we've seen the NFL. Teams are really struggling with pocket passers. Uh, NFL defenses are playing more shell coverage. They're forcing teams to have to have eight, 10 play drives, right? Not make mistakes, forcing you to be sturdy in pass protection. The Colts were doing none of those things. So you look at these teams that are overachieving in the NLT or like in the NFL, like you look at the Giants, you look at uh, the Bears, you look at the Atlanta Falcons, like what do they have? What are they doing? They're using a mobile quarterback, right? They're, they're, they're not really lighting it up through the air, but you can't win with like these average pocket passers in the NFL anymore. Like you have to have something else. And it's been really tough. And the Colts are looking at this situation uh, with the half of Matt Ryan and they can't win this way. They tried. They tried to go no huddle two weeks ago. And this week they tried to bleed people with like a bunch of six yard passes down the field and it just can't work. Their offensive line isn't good enough. Their playmakers aren't good enough. They need to infuse something into this offense to help them move the football. Uh, And I think it's very interesting that they didn't choose to go to Nick Foles, right? Because he does the same shit. Like you need to do something different with, with the offense when it's in this kind of rut and it's, and when teams are playing defense, like they are in the construct of 2022 um, and it makes a lot of sense why they have to do it. Is it going to work? I don't know, but I think it, I applaud them for making this move right now to try to salvage the season.
2: But right, worth noting, you said all those touchdowns actually four college seasons. Uh, you know, it's still a lot, right? 33 rushing touchdowns, but it is worth noting only two the first year, I don't know if he played a ton. It looks like he didn't play a ton the first season. His freshman year, uh, he was there for a long time. The, the key is, of course, he's four K. That's what that's worth noting. Four K opens everything up, and it's not a, you know, on paper. There's only a couple quarterbacks theoretically you have to dodge when it comes to massive ceiling, right? Um, namely, Hertz uh, there in Philadelphia, and just uh, again, Wednesday night. Who knows? And but I'm excited. Possibly about the Tennessee quarterback. If if Andy Hill doesn't, uh, how excited should we be when it comes to Malik Willis, who like legit has like he's got he'll see those legs
1: of Ellinger and raise them, right? I think. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, not- I couldn't hear the question. I'm questioned. Uh, go to Rich. My Best Western internet is kind of breaking up. <laughs> I guess no. I guess I'm not going to get a sponsorship from Best Western now, but. <laughs> Rich, am I trying to make Malik Willis ha- – and, again, who
2: even knows? The, there's no reason to put a lot of thought into it on a Wednesday night. But how interesting would he be? Or how, would, would you dig into Willis uh, if he becomes potentially a thing, if Tannehill can't go,
0: I would if it wasn't this particular spot where I just believe they're going to hand the ball off at nauseam anyways. Yeah, like, like this is just a situation that if, like, they had to go to Malik Willis, like they could hide him. And I don't – I don't think that they're just really going to have to do anything besides give the ball to Derrick Henry a ton in this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, Malik Willis is like, kind of like when he does eventually get to start or they give him a shot at this thing. I mean, he has like Lamar Jackson type of like rushing upside. I mean uh, you know, he's coming up, he ran for 27 touchdowns his past years as a starter. He's got a 90, yeah, 96 percentile career rushing score uh, in my prospect model um he's that kind of guy he's also an awful passer he's a bad quarterback right now and he was bad in the preseason like he's a really bad quarterback right now uh that's why he's it, it's it's like a work in progress with him but what he represents again is totally like the, the, the titans are winning games so they're going to keep doing what they do but if this was a situation where the titans were like sitting at one and four one and five like they would need to go to this and and have a, something infused in their offense that they just don't have right now. Uh, but they're going to run all over the Texans, the Titans, uh, the Texans, man, like, they're just going to run all over them.
2: But if you weren't already excited to play Sam Ellinger after our rousing endorsement, uh, went to profile.com best comparable to Sam Ellinger. It's Chase Daniel. Get excited. Does that, does that sound, does that, does that check out for your Rich? Does that sound about right? No, I mean, Chase Daniel never ran. He never did anything cool. I was in I was thinking it was Tim Tebow. Uh, hey look, I look this I'm just uh, thinking up with uh, the fantasy mansion, right? That's his site. I believe it is. Uh, he'll, he'll, he could speak to it, I suppose. Maybe there's a. I I always thought he was him.
0: like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, coming out like okay you know, he'll 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 you know just just kind of make some make some plays that like you don't think like a guy because he's not he's not like overly athletic, but like will run and like he'll like try to truck a dude. and you are it's like, why'd you do that? And, like, <laughs> you know, like he's kind of one of those gamers, man.
2: John, some of your favorite running backs. We kind of touched on Henry. If you want to bring that point home, by all means, go for it. Uh, Pierce on the other side of that game looks pretty interesting, too, basically claiming that backfield. Uh, what do you like as far as running back in week eight?
1: We've talked about a lot of them already, uh, just to also tag along with Rich's three consecutive games, 200 yards. Uh, Henry aver- has averaged six yards per carry in 10 career games against the Texans as well. He's chalked for a reason. And then I'm kind of just waiting to see the news on what's going to happen with Christian McCaffrey, because you mentioned the low play volume, the lower total, of course, but also like the 49ers can clearly win this game. And Christian McCaffrey last week was the RB 34 on just 10 touches, 28% of snaps in this offense. We saw Jeff Wilson handle a season low 37% of their backfield touches. So now with an extra week on this playbook, uh, it may be a week where you can possibly sneak McCaffrey in. He was the RB3 in points per game on the Panthers' offense, running a league low in plays per game. So I'm not really too concerned about the play volume since we think it's a significantly better offense. No discount as far as the price on
2: McCaffrey. That's Basically, the issue saying, on DraftKings, yeah. Yeah, eight five on Fandle, seven on DK, and got to expect a jump it snaps, right? Like you said, 28%. Uh, but when he was out there, he was getting the ball. They're basically telling him like that, this, this is who's getting it. Then, Here, here's CMC. He already
0: played as many snaps inside the 10 yard line with the 49ers than he did with the
2: Panthers. Maybe. That's a stat. That's amazing. That's what, <laughs> what an indictment on Carolina. <laughs> What's the number? Like three?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> they had four. They had four. <laughs> four stats.
2: That's incredible. Wow. He didn't get the
0: ball in any of them. And what's funny is they dialed up like an awesome passing play inside the 10 to Jeff Wilson. And I don't know if he lost it in the sun or what, he, he missed it. But it was like, why didn't you run that play at McCaffrey? I
2: guess he probably would not have been that open, but. Uh, Rich, feel free to add someone to the conversation as far as running. Because I do want uh, your thoughts as far as the Jets. Obviously, Brees Hall being gone, they traded for James Robinson. What are you expecting as far as the split with Carter and Robinson?
0: Well, I think we've seen like we've seen with Robbie Anderson, seen, seen with Chris McCaffrey, right? Like James Robinson will have a couple more day run out. But like, what can we really expect for him? Like in the like uh, getting there this opening game, right? Like what can we really expect for him? I would definitely Isn't think- running
2: back the easiest position, though, basically just kind of jump in and go. Or am I wrong to say that?
0: I mean, clearly not because Christian McCaffrey is really good and they were losing, they
2: were losing bad. Exactly, <laughs> um, you pick up a guy off the street, like like Latavius Murray, for example. I don't know if it's the same system he used to play. I, I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, but again, and he again, was the same thing. Out. He
0: didn't play that first game. They made him inactive, right? And then okay. it, and they took him a week. Like there's still a lot, you, you know, verbiage. Uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot that goes into it instead of just like, here, I'm going to hand you the football, right? Like. There's a lot more. There's a lot more that goes into it. So I wouldn't expect Robbins plays. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm overly wrong. I mean, it's not like, and plus like Robinson, like who even knows what's really going on with him, but uh, I'd rather talk about some running backs I care about. (laughs) Uh, And also (laughs) I I do want to grind. Like why? why are the Jets uniforms black? Like why do the Jets have black uniforms? Like it's like, so like such a nineties thing. Like let's add black to these uniforms. Like they're wearing these black helmets this week. Like, make some dope green stuff. Like why are we doing black jets uniforms? But anyways, uh, that same, that same game we've been talking about Seattle and the giants. There are three running backs that are top three in rushing yards gained on explosive runs, carries are 10 more yards. Nick Chubb leads the league. Number two is Saquon Barkley. Number three is Kenneth Walker. These defenses they are playing against rank 31st and 29th in yardage allowed on explosive runs. Like this could be a game where Kenneth Walker have like a bunch of two yard carries. And then each dude has like a 50 or 60 yard carry, Yeah, uh, you know, added in. So like both those running backs uh, I think are great plays. You know, I do find it. What's interesting about this fantasy season from a DFS perspective, Saquon really never draws a lot of ownership.
2: Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't really get played a lot. Uh, he's pretty pricey. To- I, think he, yeah, I feel like his price adjusted really quickly. Not that you, he's not worth it, what, right, you find guys along the way as you work, work work your way up the ladder as far as salary. I think that's the reason why. But yeah, got I got mean, but, I mean, we got a
0: guy getting basically has been his offense. He's getting twenty four touches per game. Like he's worth paying for, uh, and just never really gets. Uh, he never really gets there. But yeah, maybe it's just we've had so many cheap guys too. Like last week, and you know, obviously the last two weeks with kind of Walker. But at least he got bumped up, and then uh, obviously if Tony Pollard does start, like this is just such a tremendous spot. <laughs> I mean the Bears are, are good against the pass, like they all kind of alluded to. Like they're young, they're good. They're actually legit good against the pass right now, uh, but they are getting killed by backs. Like twenty third in yards per carry allowed to running backs, twenty eighth in rushing points allowed per game. Uh, running backs are averaging twenty four carries against. Them. That's the fourth most in the league. Um, there's a lot of potential here for Tony Powell. They don't even have another running back up on the roster. Like, they've been just act- – there's only had two running backs active, like, for every game so far this season. The other guy in their practice squad, I think, is Quadriolison. Yeah. Like, I mean, he last time – he only have one career game with Tony Power playing without Zeke, and he had 90% of the snaps. He was the RB1, and he played with Andy Dalton. Like, I mean, he's going to be so immensely – I mean, he'll be immensely popular, but – Maybe he'll just take ownership away from Raheem Mostert.
1: If uh, If Chuba Hubbard's ruled out too, like it's going to be Tony Pollard, Deontay Foreman in every freaking lineup. I don't. I don't know if
2: that's the case because Foreman plays for the Panthers. People uh,
1: love Foreman, though. Do they, they? they? Okay. They They want their dynasty rosters to be resurrected after Foreman's month with the tech with the Titans last year. He's five three on DK six four on Fandle. Uh, is would he have a like basically the entire backfield or who is Ra- Raheem Blackshear? Raheem Blackshear, yeah, I got it. Got sprinkled in for a little bit of touches. Um, I don't know, but we don't have to play that game since we have a lot of running backs on this slate, and we don't know the injury situation just yet.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that would make it more appealing, I suppose. What a terrible game that's going to be. It's just going to be all running, right? I, <laughs> that game's gonna be over like in an hour and a half uh, Carolina versus Atlanta. We'll see. All right.
1: Uh, John, what do you got as far as receivers? Let me tell you about the terrible game and the terrible DJ Moore in that terrible game, because <laughs> after you see 42% of the team's targets, when the second wide receiver gets traded, that's interesting enough. And usually I don't want to play a receiver like that with that kind of volume on the next week when he's going to get chased by the field at the same time, though, the Falcons are allowing 12.8 yards per catch to opposing wide receivers, yards per target, and have allowed a league-high 11 receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receivers, which helps when Tyler Boyd has three touchdowns against you. But overall, yes, it's it's once again an amazing, voluminous spot for DJ Moore as well. <laughs> and 5,300 on DraftKings is more than bearable. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I think if you're going to play Jalen Hurts, it's pretty interesting. It's ugly. I understand that. But 10 targets per game from Kenny Pickett for... Only five yards per target. The results haven't been there, but the boundary as well is where the Eagles have been spiked for a, a top five completion rate to opposing wide receivers. So I think he has a, a high floor if you just want a run back option from Pittsburgh. And then, as Rich alluded to, uh, Tyler Lockett has a 27% target share uh, with DK Metcalf off the field this year, only 62 receiving yards the last two games. I I would guess, because of the injury he suffered. But again, given the Giants' blitz rate and Geno's completion rate against the blitz this year, I think it's a pretty awesome spot for both Tyler Lockett and Marquise Goodwin. Rich?
0: Yeah, Lockett was getting... He was targeted on 22% of his routes in that game, and when DK left the game, it jumped up to 33%. So, like, he's going to get the ball. Uh, And he moves around a little bit, too. The other thing, too, where you talk about DJ Moore is that the Falcons have lost everybody. They put Casey Hayward on IR two weeks ago. AJ Terrell left last week's game with a hamstring injury. He looks like he's probably already not gonna play earlier uh early in this week. So I mean they're just they're trotting out some 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 guys deep on the bench at this point. Uh, we saw that show up. Uh listen, we keep talking about the the Giant Seahawks because I mean listen, Wandale, Wandale's looking pretty good over on DraftKings, uh, where he's four seven. You can't play him on FanDuel, unfortunately. I guess you could. He does have a touchdown, but he's way more. Uh, optimal over that 4-7 pricing. Uh, he plays 71% of his snaps in the slot. He's been targeted on 36% and 24% of his routes. It's already kind of immediately established when he's on the field he's going to draw targets. Uh, Seattle's very good against boundary receivers. We talked about that uh, last week, but they are giving it up to uh, opposing slot receivers. So, I mean, Wandale looks good and in the game that we talked about, like I know it's gross and everyone's talking about how bad he's been, but uh, Brandon Cooks this week, <laughs> You know, Nico Collins got hurt. Looks like he's probably not going to play. at the groin injury. Uh, you know, they're trying out guys like Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett. They need both those guys to get in the box. But last week was the first week Brandon Cooks had a sub-20% team target share in a game this season. Uh, the Titans are allowing 29 points per game to opposing wide receivers on the outside. They have a lot of leak high 11 yards per target, uh, 31st in catch rate to opposing boundary receivers. So if we're on the big dog, man, you got a guy that uh, we used to make fun of for always popping in the optimals and he's going to be optimal this week and not be there in the optimals.
2: Derek Henry and uh, Brandon cooks, little skinny stack. I don't know if I can get like Dave, I can't attach Davis Mills to that. Can I? I don't Davis Mills, like, you know. I
0: tried to talk you into, but I get why you couldn't.
2: <laughs> I'm happy to see Wandale Robinson, 69% snaps last time, last game, you know, 23% before that jumped up. Is there any room for uh, going beyond that rich? Or is that basically what to expect? Because the giants, They just keep rotating their guys. They don't run anybody 100% or even close to.
0: Yeah, I think he'll continue to get some more work, but the fact that he's limited to basically being a strict slot guy uh, forces them to go We only play when they go into 11 personnel. Uh, The Giants only threw one pass in the fourth quarter last week. Uh, Still a thing, too. They still are not really willing to trust old Dimes very much in the drop-back passing
2: game. John, you got to sell us on some tight ends. Good luck. Well, I mean, feel free to give the old college try. <laughs> Who do, do you like? <laughs> I,
1: I guess we can wait out the injury report because I know it didn't do well last week, but if Amon Ross St. Brown's ruled out and DJ Chark ruled out again, oh. uh, no one's going to play TG Hawkinson. And we saw that game a couple weeks ago, he had a 30% target share without those two in particular. Um, and I never play TJ Hawkinson unless those two are out. So that's something to watch for. And then gosh, I don't want to say Tyler Higby. Uh may- maybe if you want to get really ugly and you got Gino, like Tanner Hudson, I think is the next guy up for the Giants. Uh oh, if you're God. looking for if you're looking for a stone minimum tight end, uh <laughs> that's the best I got, Dean. I'm really digging because I know the optimal probably says no offense, but we're not going there. The optimal
2: does not send out to be fair. This is not, uh, I have the rotor grinders stuff. And then again, it's Wednesday night. This stuff changes, yeah. but you're not gonna like this name either. <laughs> okay, Everybody's going to hate this name. Uh, 61% on DK. It's, it's Kyle Pitts at 4k, but like you have to throw the ball in order for him to make it <laughs> to catch it. And Atlanta doesn't like, despite being down multiple touchdowns, I don't know. And they're like air force in college, basically. Uh, it's it's bad, but Kyle Pitts is four K and it's tight end. Uh, Rich, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, sure. <laughs> I
1: mean, they, they, they,
0: they, they, they they tried to, they tried to throw him a touchdown again last week. Yeah, they were trying. Uh, okay. You know, got pushed out of the end zone, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean in this slate, sure. 4K, uh,
1: like Cal Pitts, Tanner, Cal Pitts, Hudson,
0: sure, yeah, <laughs> sure. Basically, I mean, you know, I mean, unless the man were in a week where people are like excited to play Irv Smith, like this, this is the life. I think Pat Fryermuth is really good on DraftKings. He's a good uh, one too.
1: Yeah,
0: he's too cheap. Three nine for Pat Fryermuth's like usage is pretty wild to me um because when you look at like where he he's third among all tight ends in the NFL in target rate per route. He's just, he's missed a, a couple times. He's missed a little bit of time. It's been off the field, but you saw it again last uh, Sunday night. He had nine targets again. He's played four, five full games this season, and he's been a top 10 score in four of them. Uh, three nines too cheap. He's fourth in tight ends and yards per outrun. Uh, like I said, third in target rates per outrun. Um, it's a, a crummy match against the Eagles, but like three nines very cheap for a guy that one is good, has pedigree and
2: two is getting targeted a lot. Is it a crying matchup? Because, like, you got to expect they're going to be, you know, throwing and chucking a bunch in the second half. You're saying X's and O's bad matchup? Well, yeah, just
0: peripherally, like, yeah. uh, you know, the the tight ends and they haven't done anything against the Eagles so far this year. Um, so that's really it. Uh, but th- he's getting for 3-9, though. Like, he's the same price as Pitts. But look at the usage between Pat Friermuth and
2: Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, he's third in the alpha for the record, 14%. In the middle is Higby. So it's Pitts – Higby and Friarmouth. I would just say this, like, and who knows what what's happening on Sunday. But right now, my general thought, John, is like whatever if there's a if there's a big, like, chalky tight end, it's
1: probably bad chalk. Is that it's gonna be it's there? gotta be Irv and Ertz. It's gotta be.
2: Irv for that's sure. Is. Irv is gonna get the smoke.
1: Yeah. If that's what it is,
2: I, I just feel a like bad chalk. You know, you can avoid. I got, I had a similar thought process with Hawkinson that one week. And oh, man. And I mean, I last week was
0: it. fine. Both, both Dulcich and Otten got the 10, like 10 PPR points. Like, I know a lot of people got to Foster Moreau somehow, but Otten and Dulcich were, they, they did what they were supposed to do. They knew the assignment. They knew the assignment.
2: <laughs> All right. Is that what we're closing out on, Otten and, and Dulcich? I Always. think that's
1: what we're closing out on. I think you got to think thing that's drawn here. <laughs> that's that's better than Tanner Hudson. So yes, let's stick yeah. with those. And in the chat I see that
0: someone brought up Harrison Bryan. He's on uh, Monday night, so
1: he's not right. We didn't go yeah. there this week.
2: If Njoku doesn't play, like is he injured? I mean, yeah, that's a season long question. That's like a showdown question. I suppose that's a showdown
1: question. Yeah. Njoku
2: seems legitimately questionable. We'll see. And then that's this thing he's he's out. Yeah, he's
1: at they said uh two to oh, five
2: weeks. Two to five weeks, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, I, I'm focused on the main slates. So I I had no idea. there will be another
0: him. guy we look back on in three weeks, and that we'll just say, "Why didn't they just put him on the
2: IR?" Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, As always, you know, John, we got to tell the people. There's like one person out there. This guy's pretty sharp. I don't know why I'm, I don't follow his content. John, tell tell them where they can find you. All the socials, all the good stuff. Where they where they find
1: uh, John Daigle around the interwebs? You can find me at a Best Western in real life. And then you can find me right. at 44.com where the waiver wire column was up Tuesday. Got a last minute update this morning for injuries. And if you want 25% off, if you DM me at not on Twitter, I bet I can still get you that big discount. So everything's there. There you go. You know, a guy, uh, rich, mm-hmm. what do you got?
0: Uh, Edward Reed on Twitter, sharp analysis.com,
2: uh, every Wednesday night with my guys, Daigle and Dean. Do appreciate y'all listening. The NFL Pick Six Show here at Roto Grounders. week number eight in the books for John, for Rich, for producer Steve, for for best western, for for naked bootlegs, for Steve Bono. That was Dean.
1: Thanks
2: for listening. Good luck to Splink, win yourself some money. We're out of here.